Hello and welcome to the Headache Doctor podcast. I'm Dr. Taves and it's my mission to empower everyone with headaches and migraines to break free from a life of fear of your next migraine, dependence on medication, and thrive in everything that you want to do but can't do because of migraines. One of those things might be flying on an airplane. I was actually traveling to Michigan this past weekend and flew back on Monday And while I was traveling through the airport, I was thinking about all the things that could be potential triggers for headache and migraine sufferers. And so what I wanted to do with this podcast is make a list of things that could be potential triggers while flying, even just traveling through the airport, and and then talk about things that you can do to help prevent that so that travel is easier for you. Now, I'm aware that we're just coming off of a pandemic But I hear more and more people traveling, people uh, saying that they missed their vacation to Hawaii, and so they're finally taking that. Um, Or the cruise that they missed, whatever it is, people are going to start traveling again, which is awesome. And so I want to equip you guys on how to travel and minimize your risk of getting a headache or migraine so that you can enjoy and maximize your time away. I know oftentimes for me, my my trips away can be relatively short, just a long weekend. And so if I were to travel and while I'm flying or through the airport, I, I get a migraine. I know for the patients that I treat these headaches and migraines, once they start, it can affect the next two, three plus days. And so that can seriously interrupt a vacation. So I'm going to do what I can during this podcast to help you guys. Number one, understand what's happening. Number two, know how to prevent it. All right. So first off, Let's talk about uh, why a headache or a migraine might be triggered uh, with travel. So the first thing that you have to to think about is when you're packing your suitcase, you have your carry-on item. What does that carry-on item look like? Is that a backpack? Is that a one-strap kind of a satchel sling type thing? And what when you're carrying that through the airport, maybe you have a layover or just walking like Denver Airport is relatively big, and so you might be carrying that thing for an hour getting to the terminal. And so what does that look like? Because you want to make sure whatever you're carrying is not going to increase the amount of stress or tension placed through uh, your shoulders. And so that's the first thing to consider. I would I would lean more on the backpack side of things, especially if there's like a clip in front so that there's a little bit more of a secure strap to uh, your chest rather than it just resting on your shoulders. I would stay away from the uh, the sling or the satchel type. I actually made that mistake. I was traveling with sort of my laptop carrying case and uh, it definitely increased the amount of stress through my shoulder and my, my neck and my shoulder was not too happy with me and I regretted that. So that's the first thing to consider. Uh, second, as you're traveling through the airport, I want you to think about where you're planning to eat. Um, this may seem like something that uh, is relatively small and you're just you're traveling, so let's just get some calories in us. But food can be a major trigger for a lot of people with headaches and migraines. And vacations is where people get in trouble because they're in a different environment and so their, their diet will look different. You're having to, basically you, you get to the terminal and then you're looking around you to see what food options you have. And so... If you are someone that knows that you have a specific food trigger, this could be anything from gluten, sugar, different alcoholic beverages, there uh, can be different cheeses, there's a whole uh, slew of things. But if you know what your trigger is, I want you to be proactive and plan out maybe 
bring a specific snack that you know will allow you to go from meal to meal without giving in to a craving at the airport of a fast food restaurant that potentially is going to decrease your body's threshold for what it can tolerate and uh, leave you vulnerable for a headache or a migraine. So consider what you're eating, consider what you're planning on eating as you travel as oftentimes the airport options are not the best options. There's uh, something that you can be proactive about and prepare for that your body will thank you for. All right, let's move into, let's talk about sitting. So you're in the airport, you're waiting for your flight, and what do you do? A lot of people are just going to sit and look at their phone or be on their laptop. This is where we will get in trouble. This is this is one of the biggest things that I see people doing, and I'm, I'm walking around the airport, and I'm like, man, I wonder how many of these people are going to have headaches or currently have headaches or their neck hurts or they have shoulder tension because we're, we're all just looking down at our phone or our laptop because that's really the, the only means of, one, if you're like me, you want to use your time productively. So I feel like I have to respond to emails or, or um, work on social media or whatever whatever that looks like, but it has me looking either at my phone or my laptop. And so I'll sit there for an hour, hour and a half. Usually I get there relatively early. And so I'm, I'm sitting, I'm looking down. So my shoulders are hunched forward, my head's forward. And I might not have a headache or I might not feel that neck tension right away, but it is just another thing that's going to build the tension. It's going to, it's going to be a part of this uh, big picture. And what are, what can we do to proactively prevent headaches and migraines? Because once, once that headache starts, it's, oftentimes too late. And so again, let's think about how we're sitting. And I would say, instead of sitting, try to get up and move around. Walk around the airport, walk to different terminals, and find yourself moving as as much as possible. It's okay to sit, but if you feel like you can't move around, you want to stay close to the gate, just stand up every now and then, and especially be aware of how much time you're spending looking down at your phone. A simple thing you can do is just hold your phone up uh, so you're looking more up instead of down, and that will give your your neck and your shoulders a break. Now, it's kind of uncomfortable and it looks a little weird to, to hold your phone up and so it's at eye level, but I would say that's a better option than just having your neck looking down. And again, people don't necessarily realize what that's doing, the amount of tension that's placing on their neck but if you have this 12 pound head it's like holding a bowling ball and if you hold it close to your body it's a lot easier if it's if it's even six inches in front of you it gets harder and so the same thing with our head how much work are we asking our neck to do throughout the day and especially when we're traveling and sitting in the airport at the gate waiting for our flight so that's the other thing to consider let's move on so you're walking onto the plane you sit down what does that plane flight look like and what's happening during the flight that can be a potential trigger? I had a patient a couple months ago that came to me with a headache that, that seemed to appear out of nowhere and I started to dig a little deeper and actually what had happened was one, this patient went to the the dentist uh, or actually the orthodontist so there was some adjustment that was needed on this patient's braces and then they had just come off of a flight. So they flew in from somewhere and the patient had told me that they were uh, sleeping on the flight. So they were attempting to, to sleep on this two-hour flight, let's say. And then 
a couple days later, the headache started and the headache was there and it, it actually didn't go away. It was just a constant headache from there. But it, it seemed strange and odd because the day, the, the moment the headache actually started, there wasn't really anything significant or substantial. It, it just seemed to come out of the blue. But what is happening are these moments of tension, moments of increased strain on the neck that build and build and build and eventually our body says, okay, we've had enough and we have a headache. But that moment of having a headache, the, that transition where that amount of tension crosses the threshold, oftentimes that's not significant. There's nothing substantial that we're doing or that's different, that feels different. And so patients just say it just comes out of nowhere. So it was the plane flight that he did not realize. He was sleeping on the plane and I would imagine there's a ton of neck tension that came about from sleeping on the flight. I've tried it. It does not work well for me, so I just avoid it. That's one strategy. You can essentially never sleep on a plane, do things to, to stay awake, and that way you can sit upright, you can have your head and neck in a good position as best as possible. Obviously, you want to relax, but avoid the, you know, sleeping with your with your head kind of crunched between you and the chair in front of you with a, the tray table out, that one just looks terrible. I almost like give people my card, just, hey, come see me because I know you're going to have a, a headache or your neck's going to just feel terrible after this. Um, so definitely avoid the, the tray table sleeping position. The The other position a lot of people find themselves in is kind of leaning against the, the side of the plane next to the window um, or maybe just their head tilted on, on the person next to them. Hopefully that's someone you know. I know that sometimes it's not because you fall asleep and you realize that your head drifted onto the person next to you. Always an uncomfortable situation. But as far as your neck is concerned, your neck is going to be stuck in that side bending position for, let's say you sleep for even 45 minutes. That, for people with headaches and migraines, if your neck is side bent by 20, 30, 40 degrees for 45 minutes, your neck is not going to be happy with you. The joints that should be allowing your head to maintain that position are restricted. They're not moving. They're stuck. And that was before you decided to put them in that position. So when you're asking them to side bend for 30, 40 degrees for 45 minutes, they're going to be angry at you. They're going to say, this was way too much. I was not prepared for this. And now not only is your neck going to be angry, but you're likely going to be setting yourself up for a headache or a migraine. So be aware of the position that you fall asleep in on the plane, things that you can do if you're like, hey, I just got a nap, then have one of those neck pillows that will allow you to rest your head and, and you won't have quite as much side bending or extension. It'll, it'll keep your neck somewhat supported. They do an okay job. And so have one of those if, if you like to sleep on a plane. And I would say try to be as upright as possible. Whenever I hit that button to recline, I'm always very disappointed with like the inch that it moves. I wonder why they even have that option because I'm just, <laughs> I feel disappointed when I'm trying to recline and it doesn't go anywhere. Uh, but reclining can help and just try to be as upright as possible. Use one of those travel pillows. And that, I would, that would be my recommendation for how you can sleep on a plane. The other thing that happens in planes is because you're traveling at... I don't know what planes are at. What is it? 20,000 feet, something like that. And so at that altitude, they need to pressurize the cabin 
so that there's enough oxygen. But there is still a level of oxygen that is, is going to change, and then the pressure is going to change as well. And with that, one, there, there, so there's two things that happen. The first is that there's a little bit of oxygen deprivation, and there are effective treatments using oxygen for headache and migraine patients. The type of, of headache that's typically prescribed oxygen as a treatment approach is this cluster headache. And so if you, if you have cluster headaches, just know that when you fly, there's going to be reduced oxygen levels. And so you want to be aware of that. They have little like canisters of oxygen. I'm not sure if you can take those on a plane, but maybe maybe have some before and after. I think Walgreens might sell them or Walmart to just allow your body to get an, an excess amount of oxygen or restore your your oxygen and kind of give your body a rest after the flight. So that's the first thing to consider is that there's an oxygen deprivation, just, just a little bit. It's not anything that, you know, someone who whose uh, systems are functioning and their neck is fine it, it's not anything that should affect those people we're just talking about those of us that have headaches and migraines that our our tension is right at the level of that threshold and we want to keep it below that threshold level so that's the first thing to consider the second is that those pressure changes in the cabin are going to affect the inner ear so we have the eustachian tube that allows our inner ear to regulate pressure changes. When people travel or, or go up in altitude in Colorado Springs here, people travel to the mountains and their ears will pop because our bodies are trying to adjust to a relatively rapid pressure change and increase in altitude. Sometimes when we have tension in our neck, those eustachian tubes can't function as well as they should. And so when the pressure drops at altitude, our body's trying to regulate that and accommodate to that, and it can't quick enough. And so there's sort of this variation, this gradient of pressure from our inner ear to what the pressure would be in the cabin of the plane, and that that can trigger a headache or a migraine. That can just feel like pressure's building, one in the ear, uh, but also in the head. And so you want to be aware of that. There's a couple things you can do to help uh, ease that sort of transition of the of the pressure change within the cabin. You can chew gum. I like to just move my jaw around, try to yawn every now and then, because the jaw, being in close proximity to that eustachian tube, can kind of open up the ear canal enough so that the pressure can be regulated and adjust. The other thing you can do, I've heard patients, I've never used these, but they're called ear planes. You can use those. Uh, they do help mitigate this sort of transition. So they make it a slower transition of pressure changing when you are flying and elevating in altitude. And uh, yeah, so ear planes and will slow the shift in pressure, chewing gum, yawning, moving your jaw. There's also a little spot just behind your jaw, just behind your ear. You all probably know what I'm talking about, but if you push there just behind the jawbone and kind of open and close, you can massage that area and that can help relieve uh, some of the pressure tension that's in your neck. The neck tension is what's limiting your ear from regulating that pressure. And so you want to keep the tension as low as possible, which goes back to how are you sitting? How are you trying to sleep on the plane? If you try to sleep on the plane and you're increasing tension through your neck, your eustachian tube is going to have a harder time regulating pressure and that's going to increase pressure. And this is just going to be a bad formula for you. All right. The other thing to consider 
with pressure changes the joints in our neck. I've talked about this before because barometric pressure changes do affect the joints. If you think of someone that has arthritis in their knee and they can always tell you when a storm's going to come in, same is true for the neck. So our joints are, are going to be a little bit more inflamed, a little bit more pressure already. And so if the barometric pressure or the pressure in the cabin of the plane is changing, the joints themselves are going to be a little bit more irritated uh, or more sensitive. And so that's something else that's happening during this is the joint itself in your neck that's irritated, that's not happy, is going to be a little bit more sensitive with flying because of the pressure change in the cabin. So there are exercises or, or little tips and tricks that you can do if you, sh if you follow me on uh, Instagram or TikTok. And uh, there are things that you can try. These sort of coupled stretches for the neck are good ones to try throughout the flight to try to keep your neck moving as best as possible. And the last thing is to drink plenty of water. You can get dehydrated because you're just sitting. You're not really using a lot of energy. So you don't, you don't think you have to drink. You don't think you're thirsty. But I would say bring a water bottle and drink plenty of water. Oftentimes people don't bring a water bottle because going through security, you can't have any any liquids. So you, you like dump them out or you just don't bring it at all. But bring a water bottle, fill it up and drink it throughout the flight so that you are hydrated because dehydration can be another trigger for people. And then if you do all those things when you land and you're off to Disney World and you can enjoy your time with family and you don't have to worry about this headache or migraine popping up and you can take a more proactive approach. And what that's going to do is going to keep you from getting there, having a headache and having to reach for your Excedrin or your board of medication, whatever it is that you go to, hopefully we can avoid uh, that prescription medication and you can feel like you have more confidence, control of that situation. So again, I'm Dr. Taves and this is the Headache Doctor Podcast. Thanks for listening to this episode and I hope this helps empower, educate you so that you don't have to be fearful about your next migraine or dependent on your medication and you can thrive in everything you do. Stay tuned next week for a, another podcast where we're trying to conquer this headache and migraine problem that is so prevalent. Feel free to share this with anyone you know that's having headaches and migraines. I appreciate all my listeners and if I can help you, feel free to book a virtual or in-person visit with me and we can get going on treatment for you. Thanks for listening.